get a few things clear about the game between the Steelers and Jacksonville at Heinz Field Sunday. If Jacksonville wins, it would not be a cataclysmic upset. Jacksonville has the number two overall defense in the league and the number one pass defense in the league. Jacksonville also has the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Admittedly, at a time when having the number one rushing offense has never meant less. It's not that kind of league right now. So losing to Jacksonville Sunday wouldn't be Tebow in 2011 or the San Diego Chargers in 1994. Jacksonville is not a bunch of bums. They're only seven and a half point underdogs. You won't admit it, but you're looking past Jacksonville. The Steelers aren't, and thank God for that. That loss in week five right now is doing the Steelers a favor. This is the Mark Madden Show. Coming at you till 6 p.m. Here on the X, 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. The Pirates are reportedly getting closer to trading pitcher Garrett Cole to the Astros. In fact, a, a couple writers reported the deal was done and then backtracked, but at any rate, it appears very likely Cole is going to get traded and very likely to the world champions. In Houston, Garrett Cole will be what I've always said he was, a number three or number four starter. Cole just doesn't have the guts, stuff, or consistency to be an ace like he failed to be here in Pittsburgh. But as a number three or number four starter on a good team, he'll be okay, like I've always said. Pirate fans, how do you feel if Cole goes to Houston? Will you be renewing your season tickets? How would Koch feel about Cole being dealt? 412-333-WXDX. I heard about the future for 20 losing seasons. Future, 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 future. It's too early to hear about the future again when it comes to the Pirates. I hear people say it's the right move to trade Cole. Why isn't trying to win ever the right move? Your thoughts, dial 412-333-WXDX. The, uh, getting back to the Steelers in Jacksonville Sunday at Heinz Field. The Jags killed the Steelers 30-9 uh, to in Week 5. Been through five picks. That loss cost the Steelers home field. Technically it did. Any of the losses could be said to have done that. But now that loss is a blessing, like I said, because the Steelers can't look past the team that killed them. Can't look past the team that embarrassed them. Just can't look past them Jags. Could you imagine what Pittsburgh is going to be like one week from today? If it's going to be Steelers against the Patriots again, it is going to be off the hook. The hype for that game will honestly be beyond the hype for most Super Bowls. You lost to New England twice last year, including elimination at the hands of the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. You lost to New England this year. That cost you home field 
and you lost in a fashion both embarrassing and controversial. You've never beat Brady and Belichick in a playoff game. And now you got the James Harrison factor, which, honestly, has divided the loyalty of some Steeler fans. So the hype is going to be boiling in one week. It'll be a cauldron, a churning urn of burning funk, if the Steelers and Patriots both win this week. The Patriots are a lock. So, too, maybe are the Steelers. Like I said, losing to Jacksonville would suck, but it would not be a cataclysmic upset, but it would be an upset, and here's hoping the Steelers avoid it. The worst-case scenario is that Ramsey and Boye limit the Steelers' passing game, which could happen. That's the best cornerback combo in football. And then the game becomes a battle between Bell and Fournette on the ground, and Jacksonville could win that. You also don't want Jacksonville to take an early lead like with one of those nine-minute drives they occasionally pull off. That would suck the life right out of the stadium. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. In week five, the Steelers kept Fournette at about three and a half yards per carry until he broke off that big run at the end. It's not like Jacksonville pounded the ball all day. Let's be blunt. The Steelers lost the game because Ben threw five picks, and he won't do that on Sunday. And the Steelers' defense is not prone to long drives. They are a lot more prone to giving up big plays, big chunks of yardage at a single crack. Jacksonville isn't a bad matchup for the Steelers, but it's not an easy matchup either. It potentially limits Brown and the entire passing game. You've got a bad quarterback for Jacksonville, Bortles, against a very shaky Steelers secondary, and you've got a great quarterback and great receivers for the Steelers against a great Jacksonville secondary. I give that Jacksonville secondary a lot of credit. Uh, they usually play zone, but they can man up on the Steelers and did so for much of Week 5. That is a good and versatile secondary. Here's my question for you. What is the state of the Steelers' secondary? That group still worries me because of its youth. They got the glue guy back in Hayden, and, and that's important. But Burns and Davis are kids. So is Sutton, who is playing more. And kids are up and down. Mike Hilton has been a revelation. Did you know Mike Hilton got some all-pro votes? Not, not Pro Bowl, all-pro. That's how good a season that guy's had as the Steelers' nickel. Mike Mitchell got to get his head out of his ass. He's played rotten the last couple weeks, maybe longer, and he's talking all over the place about how we can beat New England anywhere, and we're going to do it for Ryan Shazier. Yo, Mitch, just play better safety, because lately, you ain't. I also kind of laugh when players and fans talk about doing it for the guy who got hurt. I got a blog posted about that on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, like Shazier now, and with the Pens, it was do it for Duper back when Pascal Dupuis had to retire because of the blood clot issue. Stuff like that they'd saw the way back to Notre Dame winning one for the Gipper. But stuff like that doesn't matter even a little bit. It's fanciful. It makes for good headlines and good talk radio. 
but it doesn't consider at all the other team, the opposition. Remember them? They want to win too. The Jags don't care about the Steelers wanting to win for Shazier. The Patriots don't care either. And if God has anything to do with it, he shouldn't have let the guy get hurt in the first place. Just go out and play. It's a game. The Steelers will honor Shazier with their thoughts and with their best efforts. But the better team's going to win. Shazier was at practice today in a wheelchair. I'm sure that was, at the same time, both great to see and very tough to see. Uh, Some people worry about Blake Bortles and his scrambling. First off, quarterbacks don't plan to scramble. Secondly, it's not like Bortles is Michael Vick. Bortles is white. How fast and elusive could he possibly be? If you're that worried, just contain Bortles and make him throw the ball. When Bortles throws, you got nothing to worry about. So it's time for a lot of Steeler talk, 412-333-9939, and also talk about Garrett Cole and what appears to be, I wouldn't say imminent, I might not even say impending, but a very likely trade to the Houston Astros. Baseball reporting didn't exactly cover itself in glory today. Uh, at one point, Heyman and Morosi, and I don't know who got what, but Heyman and Morosi were tweeting at exactly the same time, deal done and no deal. Ken Rosenthal was mired somewhere in the muck, and I feel bad for those guys because with the advent of Twitter, it's more important to have it first than it is to have it right. But uh, Cole's gone, let's be blunt. He's going somewhere, most likely Houston. How y'all feel about that? And I think a question I asked earlier is even more relevant. How does Andrew McCutcheon feel about that? For that matter, how's Jay Hay feel about it? How do Marte and Polanco feel about it? Uh, my first column in the Tribune Review and at TribLive.com was very well received. I put the total in Trib Total Media because I am the total package when it comes to Pittsburgh Media and to the rest of Pittsburgh's microphone jockeys and ink-stained wretches, I say, feel my ubiquity. The next installment appears this Sunday, and I just might write about football because it's Sunday. I'm Mark Madden. We got Mike Rupp at 4.30, Dejan at 5.30. You're listening to 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I am the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> So, just a thought. What what the hell are you talking about? The X at 105.9. Garrett Cole may soon be a Houston Astro. That's certainly the rumor. He's going to be easy to spot in that dugout. He'll be the guy without a ring. Once Cole departs, the pirate rotation would come from Brault, Glasnow, Cool, Nova, Tyon, and Williams. I don't know if Nick Kingham is ever going to be ready. He was probably ready years ago, but, you know, contract control. That's a crap rotation. Even with Cole, it would be a crap rotation. Stick your analytics and your wishful fanboy thinking. I know what crap smells like, and it smells like the pirate rotation. The pirates have not spent a single dollar in free agency yet during this offseason. Colorado spent $114 million 
the Pirates have not spent $1. They're getting bargain basement guys to fill out a roster, to pay the bare minimum, and make money off TV, off revenue sharing, off other teams' luxury tax money, and off of you. For 20 losing years, they told us about the future. Then they had three okay years, and now we're hearing about the future again. How stupid do they think you are? And the answer, of course, is pretty stupid. What do Kutch and Jay Hay think of Cole's imminent departure? And will they be next? It's crazy. You're crazy. The Pirates are crazy if they think they can fool you. And I thought they could, and for a while they did, but attendance dropped 600,000 people between 15 and 17. Which made me think they wouldn't approach the offseason the way they are. I figured they'd look at that 600K decrease in attendance and say, well, we better throw them a bone. But they are. They're throwing you a bone, and I know just what bone. Uh, here's a couple scary, scary stats as we consider the Stillers and them Jags on Sunday. The Steelers have the worst red zone defense in the league at home in the entire NFL. Opponents convert in the red zone 88% of the time at Heinz Field. 88%. You know that Heinz red zone? When the other team has the ball, that's not ketchup. It's blood, and it's everywhere. Jacksonville, meantime, has the best red zone defense in the league on the road in the entire NFL. Opponents convert only 33% of the time when they get in the red zone against them Jags. Okay, let's recap. Steelers, worst red zone D in the league at home. M Jags, best red zone D in the league on the road. That all spells out to yikes with a capital Y. I'd love to hear Pirate fans vent because I've told you for years how stupid you are and now you're getting it shoved up your rectum uh, once again with Garrett Cole almost certain to be traded to Houston. Rectum? We wrecked the whole rotation. But you just sit there in silence knowing that what the super genius told you all those years ago, even when times were marginally good, good by Pirate standards anyway, you have to sit and stew in the fact that I was right all along back then, and here we are back to square one. Here we are, smack dab in the early going of 20 more losing seasons in a row for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I won't live to see it, but I will go to my grave very confident that that is how it's going to turn out. Uh, turning out to Penguins hockey, because we got Rupper on at 4.30. There's a very telling quote from Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford in today's Post-Gazette, article by Jason Mackey, and it goes, Some of the things that I see, I don't believe changing player personnel is going to do it. As a group, we have to be more consistent and do what we do best. I've been saying that for weeks. 
with the Penguins, improvement must come from within and must come organically. And some signs are there with Sid really kicking into gear and Gino doing a little bit more and Kessel continuing his fine play. I still think they need a third-line center, but maybe not. I'm told the Penguins feel Riley Shane could do that job and Carter Ronnie slots in as the fourth-line center when he comes back. Uh, Nick Saban, the Bama coach, was asked about one of his players punching one of his coaches. That happened on the sideline in the middle of the national championship game Monday. Mackie Brown, I need uh, some help. How do you pronounce that? M-E-C, M-E-K, rather, M-E-K-H-I. That's Mackie, right? I, I don't care. Uh, I am very unlikely to meet Mackie Brown, or for that matter, anybody named Mackie. Uh, but but he punched one of his coaches on the sideline after punching one of George's players on the field. Uh, when asked about it, Saban pleaded ignorance and marveled, fairly marveled, that anyone would want to discuss something negative after Bama just won the national championship. Right, this guy micromanages everything, but didn't know his player punched his coach. I see Saban's point, though. You just won the national championship. Why would you want to talk about that? Hey, i got to get another plug in here. This show has a lot of plugs, but they all benefit me, which I don't think breaks FCC rules. They don't benefit me financially. They're just projects I'm interested in that I want to get people involved with. There's probably a fine line there, but I've got uh, good legal representation. Anyway, February 10th and 11th. Oh, no, wait, this is for charity. Okay, I'm in the clear. February 10th and 11th, I got a roller hockey tournament at Hot Shots in Mount Pleasant. Great indoor rink, state-of-the-art. Roller hockey with the ball. Uh, the Milek Nobons liquid-filled ball, to be specific. Uh, adult teams only. It's a lot of fun. We got good teams. We got bad teams. You know I've had my share. Uh, it's four-on-four. Four. You don't need many players to play. That's February 10th and 11th, a ball roller hockey tournament. At Hot Shots in Mount Pleasant, you get to meet me, and that's a lot of fun. If you have a team that might be interested, email supergenius at wxdx.com, and I will send you information. We got Rupper at 4.30. Listen to these stats. I'm going to ask Rupper who his favorites are, because we're just a little past the midway point. Penguins have played 44 games. Who Rupper's uh, favorites are right now? For MVP, top goalie, and top defenseman. And I'll be very honest. If you look at the stats and the performances to date, they're all from Tampa. Kucherov, Hedman, and Vasilevsky. But with better stats than Vasilevsky, he just needs to stay healthy and play more games like he's played so far. There's a goalie in Vegas. He's nine wins, two losses. His goals against is 1.73. His save percentage is 94.5. If he can stay healthy and maintain those numbers, those are Vesna Trophy numbers. Wouldn't it be amazing if Marc-Andre Fleury left Pittsburgh, went to an expansion team, and won a Vesna Trophy? It's certainly what I'm rooting for. 105.9 X.
Fox. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. Is that a compromise, verbally speaking? Verbally speaking. How stupid is that? What other kind of verbally is there besides speaking? The X at 105.9. Uh, the charity that the roller hockey tournament's for is the Lemieux Foundation. Always enjoy doing stuff for uh, the Lemieux Foundation. And uh, Highmark helps us out with this by uh, adding on some sponsorships. So, uh, like I said, if you're interested in that roller hockey tournament, we got deck too, February 10th and 11th at Hot Shots in Mount Pleasant. Email me, supergenius at wxdx.com. I got a little feedback on Twitter about my blog and my monologue earlier on the show as well. You can check out the blog at the X website saying that the Steelers rallying around Ryan Shazier's injury won't affect the game at all Sunday. Because, you know, Jacksonville still wants to win. Whenever you talk about winning one for Shazier or Duper or the Gipper, it never takes the other team into account. They would like to win too. Francis tweets, it's not going to hurt the Steelers to use Shazier as extra motivation to prepare and focus on winning a Super Bowl. It'll either help them in winning or it will have had zero effect in them losing. I know it'll have zero effect either way. Zero effect either way. Uh, I would think for professional football players that wanted to win a Super Bowl, I'd think that would be reward in and of itself. An interesting stat. You know who leads the NHL in block shots since January 1st? Ian Cole, who did that despite being scratched for the Penguins' uh, win against Boston on Sunday. Uh, I think the Penguins' coaching staff is just not going to play Cole no matter how he plays when he does play. And if that's because it's about personality, that's uh, it might be the right move but it's for the wrong reason, and I don't think it's the right move. I, I've seen enough of Matt Hunwick to know I'd rather have Ian Cole in there than Matt Hunwick, and for me, the decision wouldn't even be close. Let's go to uh, Kenny and Turtle Creek. Kenny, you're on with Double M. Good day, sir. Right. I remember you talking over the summer. Um, the only way the pen, the Penguins can have a three-peat is if the, their team coasts through the season. You know what I mean? They, they, uh, they I don't off. think I put it quite that way. I thought it would give them the best chance yeah. if they would uh, get a cushion early in terms of getting a playoff spot and uh, selectively rest guys uh, in the second half of the season and maybe not have to give maximum effort every game in the second half of the season. Uh, but that ship has obviously sailed because uh, they're barely in the playoffs as we speak. Well, I'm encouraged by it because if you, if you go back to history, okay, in our first Stanley Cup, we were obviously... Yeah, what happened in 1991 has absolutely nothing to do no, with no, what's no, happening in today. In 2016. Well, that was, that, was the, that was actually the fourth Stanley Cup, and... Frankly, what yeah. happened then has little to do with what's happening now, well, but go ahead. I'm just saying there's a progression. You know what I mean? The 2016 team was the best team, bar none. The 2017 team was last man standing. Yeah, you're, you're, just, you're just repeating almost word for word what I've said 
Uh, would you like to put your spin on it, or can we just wrap this up and I'll go on saying what I say, and you can repeat it in a couple weeks? Okay, well, 2018, I think we're going to be that team that no one's no one wants to face. We're going to sneak in. Boy, that's a bold and... prediction. Uh, two-time Stanley Cup champ. I don't think any team would really be thrilled to, to face the Penguins. Let's see if the next caller makes a modicum of sense. Let's go to Joe in Charleston, West Virginia. Joe, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up? Hey, uh, I, I think the Steelers' deep uh, secondary is probably one of the better ones it's been in the past maybe 10 years. Well, no, I don't know about 10 years. It's it's the best it's been in the past three or four years. I, I think that's fair to say. It still has a lot of young guys, uh, but Mike Hilton's been a revelation coming off the waiver wire to make major impact. Joe Hayden's been the glue. The guy that worries me right now is Mike Mitchell. He's been crap for two or three weeks. Just awful. The young guys are young guys. They're going to go up and down. I agree. Is that anything to do with scheme, with something Keith Butler's doing, or that a LeBeau never did? Or Well, lately that... they've played more man-to-man. I'm not going to denigrate Dick LeBeau, who's a legendary defensive mind, but, uh, but, but you know, in the last month, certainly, they've played more man-to-man. They've been less afraid to go to it, that's for sure. I think Hayden has a lot to do with it. Again, that veteran glue. A guy who not only provides that veteran glue, but is really hungry because he came from Cleveland. Let's go to Joseph in Oakland. Joseph, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yes. Hey, um, I think Bob Nutting's just further proof that nothing good ever come out of West Virginia. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it just surprises me. Just, you know, how... He don't care anything about the brand, you know what right. I mean? It's just... No, no, he, he cares about selling merchandise. I mean, you're not really breaking new ground here, bub. Uh, you got anything interesting? Yeah. No, no, that's about, you know, okay, just goodbye. Nothing, he won't spend no money. Oh, really? Wow. Let's go to Kevin of North Hills. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Good day, Mark. Right. Uh, I think really the, the the big the big thing going uh, for this game uh, on Sunday is a motivated, healthy Ben against Blake Bortles, who just looked horrible last week uh, against uh, the Bills. I, I know what and, you mean, but they will never be on the field together. Yes, I understand, but uh, you know I think uh, with the offensive line being healthy, Bell, the receiving core, the tight ends. I mean, if if we can't score uh, at least. 24 more points against the Jags. Yeah, you home. see, that that's just stupid, bro. It shows you haven't done your homework. Uh, where does the Jags' defense rank? Well, yeah, I know it's they rank uh, uh, top five in almost every Well, category. actually, number two overall, number one in pass defense. So they can take A.B. out of the game. They can limit Ben. They picked him off five times the last time. I don't think that'll happen again, but what if they pick him off two times? Uh, if they pick him off two times, that'll be a problem. I'm just thinking that uh, Ben's, ben, Ben's going to have a, a great game. I, really, I think Ben's really going to have that. a great game, too. But do not underestimate this Jacksonville team, and in particular, the defense. Uh, ben is far superior to Bortles, but the Jacksonville pass defense is far superior to Pittsburgh's. Let's go to Jim Bob in the car. Jim Bob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mark. Right. Uh, so obviously there's a big lack of speed in our in our linebacking core with Chase here. I'm not out. sure there's that big of a lack of speed, but but do go on. Uh, 
you think they're going to try and utilize the pre in any different facet for this game to help kind of cover the what I consider a major lack and you consider a minor lack of speed? Well, it's not a major lack of speed. Uh, you lost an incredibly fast linebacker. You lost a one-of-a-kind linebacker when it comes to, to foot speed. But, I mean, what are you suggesting? What would you would have Dupree do? Uh, I'm not a defensive coordinator nor a super Hard, team, so hard to tell. Uh, <laughs> you see, I don't think Dupree did as bad this year as people think. He had six sacks. He had right. 40 tackles. Those are both reasonable figures, albeit not outstanding. But there's only so many sacks to go around. And right. when Hayward had 12 and, and uh, Williams had eight and Watt had seven, you know, six for Dupree is not that terrible of a figure. Um, I think the big problem is that Leonard Fournette can run right where Ryan Shazier used to be, and Vince Williams is playing too much, too many snaps, and being asked to do too much. But I don't think any defensive coordinator would in any way overhaul his game plan, even a portion of his game plan, even a portion of his scheme uh, in the first playoff game. Do you? I don't think so, no. And uh, not to change the subject here, but who do we get for Cole? Uh, it, the deal's not done yet. Oh, it's, I, 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 I think I heard the rights to Jeff Bagwell, but I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. But but staying with the defense, you can't change your defense now. You just can't. Uh, you you play with what you got and who you got and do the best you can. Uh, by the way, I was saying earlier that Mike Hilton got all pro votes. No wonder. Here's the guy. He's the nickel, right? He's the nickel. He was. Fourth on the team in tackles. Had four sacks, six tackles for loss, and a couple of picks. As the nickel. Wow. Very impressive work by Mike Hilton. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I jinxed somebody on the show earlier this week. I jinxed him. I'm going to tell you who and what the result was in a moment on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Nice talking to you, Mark. Hey, so be it. Kills time. Hey, Mark, big fan. Hey, super genius. How you doing today? Getting funky like a monkey. The X at 105.9. Steeler fans. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Mark Cabali of The Athletic tweets that cornerback Artie Burns left practice after suffering a non-contact right knee injury. Burns was not in the locker room following practice, but uh, the story has been confirmed by Steelers DBs Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton. Sutton would start if Burns can't go on Sunday. I'm not sure that's as crippling as it sounds upon first read because Artie Burns has been very mercurial this season, very up and down. And Sutton's looked pretty good after joining the team just a few weeks ago, really, after being on injured reserve. So I'm not sure that's as big a drop in quality or in man-to-man coverage as you might think. And Blake Bortles will still be throwing the ball. Don't forget. Now, the week after against New England, 
that could hurt a lot more. To repeat, Artie Burns left practice today with a non-contact right knee injury. On every website, I see headlines. We're talking about LeVar Ball too much. I hope everyone sees the irony there. You know what the Los Angeles Lakers need to do? Magic Johnson, the boss with the Lakers, needs to meet with LeVar Ball and tell him in no uncertain terms, in these exact words, in fact, Magic needs to tell LeVar Ball to shut the F up. And then if LeVar doesn't shut the F up, trade his kid to Memphis. Either or. You know what's going to come to that? Why not just take care of it now? See if you can back LeVar Ball down because at some point, the dad is going to be more trouble than the kid's worth. And his career will stumble because the dad. Never mind the other two. Those other two idiots that are playing in Lithuania, their careers are never going to get started because the dad. Those two kids might grow to love Lithuania because it's the only time they're going to get peace from their crackpot father. No quarter. Brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. I think I jinxed Duquesne men's basketball. I talked about them, and they lost. I feel terrible. Lots of basketball left to be played, though. If you're just tuning in, uh, the big news is the breaking news. Artie Burns left practice with a non-contact right knee injury. If he can't go, Sutton starts against Jacksonville on Sunday. We've also talked about the impending trade of Garrett Cole to the Houston Astros. They're clearly working pretty hard on this. The baseball media has vacillated on how close the deal is to being donezo, but uh, I think it's relatively safe to bet that Garrett Cole will not be a Pittsburgh Pirate next year. And then what do they do with Kutch? What do they do with Harrison? For that matter, what do they do with Marte and Polanco? Marte's 29. They still have contract control, but he's 29. Polanco's 26. Are any of you pirate diehards starting to catch on that uh, they're never going to win? When I say never, I mean literally never. A lot of you who aren't old bastards like me, people who weren't around in 1979, you will go to your grave. You will close your eyes for the last time, never having seen them one. And that's if you die quietly. What if you're driving down the turnpike and some pilled-up trucker crosses the center strip and he's plowing into you and the last thing that goes through your mind is, oh my God, I never saw the Pirates win. Actually, the that would be the second last thing to go through your mind. The last would be probably one of his headlights. You know... I really am quite amazing. It's no wonder Trib Total Media hired me to make them total as the total package when it comes to Pittsburgh sports media. I'm like Notre Damus. 
or Negro Domus. I say it's going to happen, and then it happens. The Pirates with those three okay seasons, and that's all they were. Let's be honest. All they were was okay. Never won a playoff series. When your franchise's highlight in a quarter century is Cueto drops the ball, I told you when those three years took place, with, with absolute certainty, that these three okay years were just a blip on the radar screen. And now that blip is no more. It's all over. And we started a cycle of 20 more losing seasons. And I think it's hilarious for two reasons. One, I told you so. And two, you didn't believe me. You could have seen it coming, but you didn't because you're a bunch of dopes. And now he's got your money and you can't get it back. You know who's got my money? My friend Rob, the ticket scalper. I got a Robert Plant ticket for New York City next month. The Beacon Theater, great seat, classic venue. I paid 750 bucks because I've got it like that. It is a great ticket. We got Michael Schenker on tour this spring. Oh, today's Schenker's birthday. He's only 63. How's he only 63? That's only six years older than me. Zozo coming to town. Get the let out this month. Foreigner in March and in the summer with Whitesnake. Things are very promising musically. Rod Stewart and the Eagles got dates. Uh, not together, but separately. That'd be overload for, for the 60s and 70s if they performed on the same bill. Uh, they got dates at PPG Paints Arena. Donnie Iris in Greensburg. His birthday bash in March. I'm going to see Vince Neil Friday night in Cleveland. Uh, again, a very promising uh, uh, time for music coming up. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to continue to make Pirate fans feel stupid because Cole's on his way out and Kutch will be too and all y'all were too dumb to see this coming. But how I feel isn't important. How you feel, it's important you buy tickets or don't. But there's some other people. I'm dying to know what they think. I'll tell you who they are in 30 seconds on 105.9 The X.